What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Verzi Effect Podcast Show. My name is Paul Verzi, and today is, well, it is an early Thursday, January 19th, 2017, and you guys are listening to episode 290, guys. That is right. After today, uh, I will be 10 episodes away from uh, the big 300 I will do a special, special TVE, probably a longer, maybe a two-part, some special guests. Um, I always like to have special guests um, on the milestones. Uh, So 300 is only 10 away, which means, according to my calculations here, let's see. So that would be February, March. Yeah, I would say the very end of March or like the first or second week in, in April right? Uh, February, yeah, will be the 300th. So uh, I'm looking forward to that. I can't believe how, uh, how many I've done. Uh, you know, it's crazy because it's like after six years now and pretty soon I'm going to be like, oh, I've been doing the Verzi effect for 10 years. And um, I'm actually uh, really close. There's, I think I cleared a million downloads or something like that. And it's been a million and, and that's just downloads. The, the hits are even more. You know, I think there's a difference. Like, I guess with podcasting numbers, how many people hit it and listen? Because you could not download one of my shows and have listened to all of them if you just go on where I posted on on um, social media without actually downloading it. You just hit play. So I don't know the exact numbers, but I know you guys are listening, and I really, really appreciate it. I can't believe I'm 10 away from 300. So um, thank you, and it's because of you guys. Because if there was like fucking 10 listeners, I would have stopped doing this shit five and a half years ago. <laughs> Uh, I have a wonderful show for you guys today. I hope everybody had a good time in between shows. Uh, got a new notebook. I think I'm on my third notebook now for, of doing this shit. Um, see if my high school teachers would have only known that I would actually be writing in life instead of sitting there uh, sniffing white out and shit. Uh, <laughs> no, I actually did that once. Uh, real quick, funny story, completely off, off topic or whatever, or I don't even know. We didn't even start a topic, so I'm just going into this shit. But, um, I was sitting in class and I guess the teachers would always, um, would always, you know, have us do an essay on like Fridays or something we would just write. And, um, I remember one time there was, uh, we were all in class and they were like, all right, um, Everybody write an essay. I'll, I'll sit here. I want you to write a three paragraph essay. You know, the, you know, have all three parts, you know, the opening, the, the, the middle, the conclusion, all that bullshit that you learn of a story. And, uh, you know, white out is up here, highlighters or whatever you need or all this shit, you know, all the supplies that you needed. And my buddy, Kevin, who I'm actually going to see down in Charlotte, he's sitting, I guess he's sitting behind me and we were really good friends in school, you know, always just laughing, having a good time and hanging out after school and at parties. And, um, Kevin told the story that he saw. And I actually remember where like, and I wasn't a big drug guy at all. You know, I didn't really do heavy drugs in high school at all. Like, you know, I drank, I experimented with stupid shit, smoked weed here and there, but I wasn't one of these guys who would do like mushrooms and, and trip on acid and fucking do like shit like that. I was just, you know, just, you know, a clown, stupid shit. Like, I remember I was, like, huffing on gas in ninth grade because I thought I was cool because my friend, like, hey, inhale that. It smells good. It gets you high. Like, the stupidest shit you could ever do. God, if my kids ever did what I did. But anyway, I'm sitting there, and I'm writing this essay, 
And my buddy looks over and he says, I go up and I borrow the white out as if I needed it. And he said, I just looked to the left. I looked to the right, made sure nobody was looking. And he saw me just, just sniff it. And he said he bursted out laughing and told me that he caught me doing it. And we just laughed about it. Um, I don't know why I even started with that story. It just reminded me. Oh, no, I know why I did. Because, yeah, as a as a comic and somebody that does a podcast, you don't realize how much you write. You know, I have notebooks and notebooks of, of jokes and bits and also podcast stuff. And then you write scripts and you look back and you're like, holy shit, if I wrote like this when I was actually in school, uh, I probably wouldn't have had to drop out of college and do stand-up. Now, you know, I would have dropped out of college to do stand-up because college was a fucking joke. I honestly believe this, and I know a lot of people will fight, fight me on this. Of course, I wish that I finished school and maybe someday down the line when you could do it online, maybe I'll finish my college. But I left college at 21 years old because I knew in my heart I wanted to do stand-up and be a comedian and I didn't want to waste money anymore. Um, and now I end up writing a ton and doing all that. So um, so we'll see. You know, We'll see what happens. But I, I want to you know, go to one of my teachers and go see. Actually, I did. I did. I went back to my high school and I performed and it was a little, you know, which they called risque. And I felt bad that they said that. So I gave them back the check because I was like, look, man, if I go and perform in my high school, I need money. And they were like, really? And I'm like, yeah. So they were like, all right, well, we'll give you this amount. And I was like, okay. And they gave me the check. And I remember I did one like risky joke and my old English teacher was in the class. I mean, in the auditorium when I did it. And it like kind of freaked everybody out. I talked about like you'd get excited after high school like to go home and jerk off so you'd run home off the bus and it got like a big laugh. And I realized there were like teachers there. And uh, I felt so bad that they were like, wow, that was a little much, Paul, that I just was like, ah, you know what, I'm sorry. And then I gave them the check back. And apparently the students liked it. So, <laughs> But you do, uh, I never would have thought that I would have so many notebooks filled with writing from jokes in a podcast uh, after dropping out of school. I just thought I would just, you know, I don't know. You think you're going to go up there and not, you know, write shit. Like when I first started doing stand-up, I was like, no, so what? I just go up there and just be funny? Totally not knowing um, how it worked. Uh, okay, I went off the fucking rails early on this show, everybody. Anyway, a lot of stuff to talk about. I got my unacceptable, which is really, really fucking unacceptable. Like it's almost to the point where you're like, Wow. How could people get away with that stuff? So, of course, my unacceptable, um, your guys, which I'm not going to spend nearly as much time on as I did last week, guys, because sometimes they just come in. Sometimes they, there's just too many of them, and I can't get to all of them, and, you know, I don't want to waste 30, 35 minutes. Not that I'm wasting it, but, I, you know, I want to get to some other things, too. So, um, only a couple unacceptables uh, this week. I'll do a couple from the email. I'll do a couple from the Twitter uh, going to talk sports, uh, NFL playoffs, going to do my uh, NFC and AFC picks. I don't know why that just sound just happened on my computer. And um, a movie, yeah, I did see, I saw a movie, well, I saw like 90% of the movie. It was a documentary on Netflix. I will talk about that. And um, let's get going. We're going to have a new president in what, uh... 12 hours or whatever it is, we're going to have a new president officially. Donald Trump will be the president. Uh, who knows what the hell's going to happen tomorrow. Hope everything goes smoothly. So a bunch of stuff to talk about on this uh, TVE episode 290. But first, let me get to the sponsors. The Verzi Effect podcast is sponsored by City Living Dog. 
City Living Dog Services, CityLivingDog.com, and Coach Mike. Coach Mike, one of the best dog trainers uh, in America, everybody. He's donated, uh, you know, I'm sorry, he's dedicated, donated. Uh, see, that's what happens when you sniff white out in high school. Yeah, he uh, he has uh, dedicated 17 years of his life, and this guy is like the fucking dog whisperer. That's what he is. He's come over. He's helped my dog, Lloyd. He's uh, coming back. He better, Mike. You're coming back, Mike. You got to come back. Uh, but Lloyd's doing better, and he just really, really understands what he's doing. He does a ton on his YouTube channel. He's doing a ton of uh, Facebook live trainings, so you could check out that. You could check him out on Facebook. You could check out his YouTube channel. You could check him out on Instagram. You could check him out on Twitter. It's uh, Coach Mike, uh, Mike Reed. Uh, he goes by Coach Mike and City Living Dog and City Living Dog Services. Watch the amazing YouTube videos of what this man does with dogs that are completely, completely just not ready for a home, uh, not ready to be around people, just, you know, dangerous to people and watch how he can transform them. Really remarkable stuff. So, uh, that is coach Mike and city living, uh, dog. Also, what the fuck is that noise? Um, is that another, I guess that's another computer going off. I'm sorry, everybody. Uh, all right. Also, All Things Comedy, go to allthingscomedy.com, where your favorite podcasts reside. Uh, All Things Comedy, they're also launching a media thing going on, too. They're doing a ton of stuff over there, and they have a record label, All Things Record, which my uh, album, Paul Verzi, Night at the Stand, number one on iTunes, number four on Billboard, but who's who's worrying about that? Um, so please check out allthingscomedy.com and follow them on Twitter at all things comedy. Now, I'm going to talk about a lot of stuff. We're going to talk about Trump. We're going to talk about porn. Let's talk about porn off the top. Let's just get rid of, let's get let's get the dirty shit out of the way, everybody. All right. Um, I've come to the conclusion, you know, I'm in my mid-30s. I've come to the conclusion that um, porn is silly. It's silly and I'm going to say overrated. I think it takes you a certain while to get there. Now, I'm not a big, like, porn nut. I'm really not. I was never one of those guys. Like, I have friends that are, like, fucking porn gets them through their day, gets them through the month. I'm not one of those guys. Never was. Not really a big strip club guy. Not really into that whole, like, you know, erotica stuff. Like, occasionally, you know, when I was younger, we would fuck around and shit, but I'm not into it. But when you watch and you just hear about and see porn, and even like when you get those filthy clips that pop up on your Facebook, you know, just the gross things that like some fake account will say, hey man, I really love you and I'd love to meet you. And then there's just a picture of, you know, some girl's ass going up and down on a dick and people are like calling me up going, yeah, Paul, some girl is blowing a guy on your homepage. And like, you know, I, I can't, I mean, I'm on Facebook for other reasons. I'm on Facebook. I mean, I have family on Facebook and I'm on Facebook to promote my shows and stuff like that. And, you know, you know, joke around here and there. Why, why, you know, people are on Facebook normally. You're just on Facebook to joke around family, friends. And as a comedian, I put my stuff out there and I don't want to see the gross shit, you know? Um, but if you really think about it, it's like, it's what, at what point, at what age do you get over it? And I know some people are out there like, oh, I disagree. You know, set watching sex is amazing. I got to be honest. It's watch porn and it's so silly to me that the girl is just like screaming 
you know, and a guy is sitting there getting blown by like six Scandinavian chicks and he looks bored. And it's just, it's just so fucking stupid, you know, like, and, and then sometimes they like try to like joke and they just, just with like the screaming and everything. And after a while, it's like, all right, it's just, I just feel like it's so like, it's just so much better doing it. I always said the thing about porn that I don't understand is people get obsessed watching something that they want to do. You know, it's like, I'm not going to watch. I like fuck it. You know, I like cars. I'm into cars, let's say, you know, and I am starting to get more into cars as I get older, but like, you know, I don't want to watch a guy drive a Ferrari. I don't want to just watch a guy just fucking go around a track in a Ferrari going, you know, 190 miles an hour and be like wowed by it. Like, I want to get a Ferrari. I want to be in the Ferrari. Like I would watch it for a second and be like, oh, that's cool. But like, I don't know, watching that, it, it just seems like, I think it's, so I guess put it this way, come at me, you guys can email me, what do you guys think, is porn overrated and silly, because after a while, and somebody said to me, somebody goes, when you think porn is overrated and silly, it means the only thing that, that you have to do to make it more entertaining is just get crazier and like go down some rabbit hole of like sick or shit, but I'm not going to do that, I'm not. what am I going to do? Watch people pissing on each other. Like, I don't, I don't want, I'm not into that. I'm sorry if your kids are listening to this. I'm not going to get too graphic or gross. Don't worry. But I just feel like it's silly. These women just screaming and shit, you know? Like, oh, fuck, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just the stupidest. It's almost like, oh, my God. And then you start feeling bad about, like, their childhoods. It's just like, oh, my God, this poor thing was probably fucking abused. And now she's doing this shit. You know, it's just the whole thing is actually kind of gross. And um, I'm not going to, I don't want to mention any names, but I remember I was doing a show and uh, porn stars were around or came around and you just looked at them and like, you know, they acted very secure with themselves and they acted like, oh, this is what I do. But there's just a part that makes you go like, there's no way you could fully, fully deep down inside really feel great about that. You know, there's no way. You know, now listen, I'm sure that there are some porn stars that absolutely just love what they do and they could, you know, they block out the, and I'm not trying to criticize anybody. I'm not trying to judge anybody. You know, nobody should judge you. You do what you want to do. But part of me just thinks like there has to be something that like, I don't know, that's, there's something about it. That's like, gotta be like, man, that's a tough gig, man. You know, that's a tough gig. I don't know. Maybe it's not, maybe it's fucking awesome and I'm wrong. I don't know but I don't even want to get into why the performers do it. Good for them. God bless them. And I don't think anybody should judge them. And I think that they should have careers after they do that. And they shouldn't be looked at as less of human beings. I'm just talking like that's, you know, and not all of them do get abused. So I don't want to say that either because I, uh, I actually know an ex porn star and, uh, she's in comedy right now and she's an absolute sweetheart. You know, she's a sweetheart. She's nice. And she was like, oh, it was just fun. And I did it for a while and that was it. And it's like, you know, and you never judge anybody. But I do think the actual like entertainment of it is overrated. It's like, all right, after a while, great. People are having sex in different positions and they're talking dirty. Great. It's like, okay, it's over. It's like, what What else? I don't know. I'd rather be, you know, I guess I'd rather be doing it. You hear that, Stacy? I'd rather be doing it. No, and I'm not one of those, like, me and my wife don't watch. I'm not, like, into, like, hey, we'll watch this and then do it. It's like, no, we'll just do it. How about that? Um, I don't know. I always felt like I got friends that were just so into strip clubs, so into them. 
I one of the funniest things I ever saw. I think I mentioned it on on the show a long time ago. One of the funniest things I ever saw was back in the day we were younger and it was like when strip clubs were still like new and like holy shit. Like we're going to see a grown woman's titties hanging out and she's going to be like into it and want to dance on our laps. Like we were just these psyched amazed. It was so amazing. And I remember one <laughs> one of my buddies was so into it that he just kept giving these strippers money. And the funniest thing I ever saw was him standing at an ATM. We were in the strip club and he's standing at an ATM machine taking out $400. And while he's taking out the $400 at the ATM, the stripper is just rubbing his back, just watching the money come out. And I'm thinking this fucking guy has no idea like what's going on. Like all she's thinking about is, okay, cha-ching, here we go. I got this guy. You know, they look at it like they go fishing. They go fishing for a sucker. They go fishing for a whale. Who's going to fucking take it out of the ATM and who's going to make my night in a half hour tonight? And it was my buddy and I'm just laughing and he's just so fucking in a trance by this. He just doesn't care. He doesn't care about the money. He's not thinking about it. It It was like a gambler that just couldn't stop. It, was, it didn't matter. It was like, I got to make it back. Oh, I lost. I got to chase it. I, I lost a bet. I got to chase it. I got to get it back. That's what he was doing. Because uh, I think one time in a strip club, he said, the, stri- the, stri- <laughs> the stripper was giving him a lap dance and just pulled down his pants and started doing shit to him. I don't know. And he fucking, that happened. And then he tried chasing that again. Like he thought that it was going to constantly happen. And it was just one of those things where he tells this amazing story about he goes in for a lap dance and the stripper just liked him for some reason, pulled down his pants and, you know, started going to town or whatever. And he said his shit got nuts back there. And then he walked and he was like, dude, that was the most incredible experience of my life. And then he just went chasing it and it never came. And he just had ATMs just (laughs) just do it. I was never like that, man. Like I would go to a strip club back in the day and I would just be like, there was something really kind of sleazy about it. And there was something like just so weird. It's like, what am I? There's no, there's nothing here. It's actually gross. If you think about a strip club, it's fucking gross. You go in there. Women are fucking dancing on these poles naked. Then they got to like wipe them down because they're fucking all they're They're fucking <laughs> privates are all over the fucking thing. I got to like wipe it down for the next girl. And then they're just sitting on these guys fucking boners. It's fucking it's disgusting. It's disgusting. And again, I don't think you can go home. There's no way. And again, I'm not trying to be disrespectful if you're a stripper listening to this if you did strip. I'm not trying to judge you. And fuck anybody that tries to judge you because I know you know you do it for you know, you do it for good money, you do it for a good living, and whatever you can do to get by. I'm all for that, man. I'm never going to judge anybody for what they do. But there's no way you can go home after sitting on fucking, you know, 20 fucking lumpy Levi jeans and, and fucking feel good with these fat, hairy motherfuckers like sweating on you, giving you... It's just, there's got to be some point where you just get in the car and go, what the fuck am I doing? I don't think I'm crazy in saying that. Tell me if I'm wrong. You know, and I know I know right now, I know 100% there's some stripper or somebody who dated a stripper. It's like, no, fuck that. They dance and they're entertainers. Fine, fine. They dance and they're entertainers. But at some point, you got to look yourself in the mirror and go, I'm sitting on fucking boners for five hours a night when these fucking animals are sitting there 
trying to get me in some back room. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'm being a maybe I'm being a dick. That's just how I feel about it. I don't know. You know? I don't know. Um but back to the porn thing. I just think it's overrated and silly. You know, I'm not saying listen, you go occasionally. I'm sure you know, you go occasionally, you go rub one out. Like that's I'm just talking about these people that are like addicted. There are people that like just uh, like I mean, listen, that's why it's a fucking billion dollar industry. Billions of dollars in the industry because people go every day and they get into it and they get into more and more and more. And I just don't get it. After a while, it's like, all right, like I, I, am I going to jerk off again to this? I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy, everybody. And I hope I'm not ruining <laughs> some people like, oh, man, I was just going to jerk off <laughs> to, to uh, whatever, whatever dot com. I don't know how sick and gross it's getting. Um, I don't know. I sound like I'm getting older and I am. And I also think it changes, you know, when you have a daughter and you just think about those things. It's like, I don't even, but I don't want my son subjected to it. I really don't. Uh, it takes a piece of you, it takes a part of your innocence away, I guess what I'm trying to say. You know, I don't want to see some, you know, attractive woman with her whole life ahead of her just get pissed on. And, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I sound like a grandfather. I know. All right. I don't know how we, I don't know how we got into sniffing whiteout. And uh, porn and strippers right off the bat today on this uh, episode 290. But let's talk about tomorrow, everybody. Tomorrow is the day a new president is sworn in. President Donald J. Trump. Has it sunk in yet? Half the people love him. Half the people hate him. The people who hate him vilify him like he is a fucking... I have never seen. I mean... And I'm going to talk about the negativity on Facebook too, but I have never seen somebody in the media get get fucking sh- take you know shots get taken at somebody like this. I've never seen it. I mean, this guy, I, you can't even look at anything without uh, you know the Daily Show and and Samantha B and 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 John Oliver and Late Night and and all kinds of like memes and and posts and and this and that and like shot after shot and. It's like, look, I get it. And fucking shame on Trump for something that I'm going to bring up in a second. But I get it. But you would literally think that this man was doing shit like Fidel Castro was back in the day with firing squads and killing people that spoke against, out against anything. I mean, you would think that this man did that. And yes, he said stupid, bigoted comments. I get that. You know, uh, he's definitely spoken at a turn. He's definitely said some really stupid shit. But I can't fucking believe what this guy, like, how this guy is, I mean, I think, I remember when George W. Bush, people were like, war crimes, this is the worst, and booing him and doing all that, I don't even think it was that bad, now looking back, what George W. Bush got, he's probably sitting back like, oh, this is fucking easy, this guy's really getting the fucking, this guy's just getting dragged through shit, um, but you know something, Donald Trump puts a lot of this shit on himself, man, like, this guy's tweets, it's so fucking ridiculous and petty, you know, the same time, and, and this is what I don't like about it, you know, like, you can't tweet when you're at that, when you're at that, I remember, you know, giving Barack Obama shit for going on, you know, all these different shows, and the Tonight Show, and The View, and this, and that, and and, and ESPN, and, and all this shit, and all kinds of stuff that he would do, like, celebrity-like stuff that he would do, and I would say, man, you know, like Barack Obama or not, a president really shouldn't act that way, I feel like a president should kind of be, you know, 
behind closed doors, comes out for press conferences now and then, and just kind of disappears, you know, and, and, and I, I would think that a guy like Donald Trump, who says he doesn't care about celebrities and it doesn't matter. And they're, you know, it's, it's, it's not like that. Um, wouldn't be so petty as to fucking respond to every tweet. I mean, it's, I was talking to somebody, I was actually talking to a Trump supporter last night. I was talking to a Trump supporter last night, one of my neighbors who lives up the block. And he was even saying, he's like, this is a fucking embarrassment. It's embarrassing what the guy's doing. It's like, you're going to tweet about Meryl Streep. You're going to tweet about an 80 year old fucking Hollywood star, somebody that's been famous for decades and decades who wins a golden globe. And she's at the twilight of her fucking life at 80. And you're going to fucking go at her and say like overrated. And you're going to go at Saturday night live. I get, listen, I get having pride and I get fighting back, but there's a difference when you're the president elect, just if you ignore everything, it's better. And that's what leaders do. That's leadership. Leadership is like, our right, people go at you. You realize it's going to happen. You can't fight every fucking battle. You know, it's, it's ridiculous. It's, it must be exhausting. At, put it this way, at the, compared, compared to somebody super famous, okay, as an up-and-coming comedian who now gets in front of hundreds and thousands of people in theaters, um, you know, sometimes, and podcast listeners and, and all that stuff, there's going to be people that go at you. You know, like I said, I did a mass shooting joke. I did a mass shooting joke in New Haven, Connecticut at a theater. And it's a joke that I, I think is funny. It's an honest joke. And it's, a, it's about mass shooting. And I understand that that's a, that's a touchy subject. But I make a joke about it. And it's in a comedy venue. And somebody from Sandy Hook uh, hit me up and was really upset with me. And um, I normally ignore it. But then I said, you know... I feel horrible for the, uh, you know, things that have happened there. I really do. It's a, it's a horrible thing. And, um, but if you listened to my joke, you would understand that I'm not pro mass shooting at all. Um, and it's more about my fucked up thoughts and things like that. And I just, you know, and I didn't have to do that, but seeing that this gentleman, older gentleman was from Sandy Hook and a lot of horrible things happened. Sandy Hook is very, very close to my house. Um, probably a 15, 20 minute drive. Um, I just wanted him to know that uh, my heart does go out to those people and all that stuff. And then I'm thinking to myself, you know what? It's a fucking joke, and I don't owe this man this. He even insulted me, and I said, you know, that's really not cool for you to insult me. You don't know me. You don't know anything about me. You saw a show. Other people at that show said, you know, great job. I know that I did a great job at the show, and I feel like I um, delivered. I think the people at the venue thought I delivered. And I'm going back with this guy and I realize like, why am I fighting this battle? If this guy doesn't know it's a comedy venue and can't take something tragic from a comedian, he's trying to put light on it. Then I'm never going to fucking win with this guy anyway, because he just hears buzzwords. And why would I try to fight that? Okay. Now at the low level that that is okay. In, 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 as far as fame. Okay. You're talking about the president-elect, the leader of the free fucking world, fighting every single one of those battles through Twitter. It just doesn't make any sense. I don't give a fuck. I will sit down with anybody who, who likes Trump, okay? And I will fight them with this one, okay? And I'll be honest with you. I think Trump gets bullied in the media, and I think the shit that's happening to him is somewhat unfair too. But I would be lying if I said that he didn't bring a lot of it upon himself. 
because a real leader lets that shit happen. Obama had a lot of criticism, and I'm not a big Obama guy, but he just sat there. He didn't fucking tweet about it. He just sat there, and he did what he liked and what he thought was right for the country, and he kept it moving. And you know what? He spoke like a gentleman. You got to give him that. Trump sounds like some fucking 10th, 11th grade kid who's not going to let people talk shit to him, and he just, like, you know, keeps talking shit. It's like, what, what are you doing? Stop the Twitter. Are you going to tweet after tomorrow? Are you going to really do that? Are you going to fucking, you know, a restaurant that's really owned by, a restaurant that's really liberal or owned by liberals and they don't like you there and they say they don't want to serve you or they wish you weren't in there. Are you going to tweet, your food stinks anyway, blah, 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 I don't need to be. It's like, what are you doing, man? What are you doing? Go places where the people love you, do your business, and stay out of the fucking spotlight instead of talking about how bad the cast of Saturday Night Live is. It's like, what the fuck are you doing, man? I can't believe his advisors. I can't believe, you know, I think what he's doing is just to say, no, I'm going to keep fighting. Nobody's going to get the best of me. You can't, you're going to fucking drop dead. You're going to fucking drop if that happens. And I don't wish that on anybody. But you can't fight that shit all the time. You just can't. And it's so free to let it go. There, I, I mean, and listen, I know when somebody talks shit about you or somebody, you know, doesn't like something you're saying and they're saying it publicly, it's really hard to ignore it. And he's getting it from everywhere. So I'm sure... I'm sure that it's like really bothering him, but I think if you just let it go, it's just such a better look. You're the fucking leader of the free world. Stop tweeting. Stop tweeting. Please, can somebody that knows this man or knows somebody that knows this man or knows somebody that knows somebody that knows somebody that knows his kids, somebody, I mean, where are his kids at going, dad, what the, if that was my dad, I'd be like, dad, you got to stop tweeting about fucking show business people. Please stop you know, and then you can't even argue for the guy. I want the guy to do good. I'm rooting for the guy. I love America. I love this country. This country lets me make a living by going on stage and telling fucking jokes and, and, you know, talking into a microphone and having people from all over the world listen to my podcast. That's what America gives you. It's amazing. I don't want my fucking president to fail, you know, and, and when you just watch the way he behaves, sometimes you're like, come on, dude, I'm rooting for you here. And you're just making it hard. You're making it fucking hard. You know, what's he going to do? You know, fucking went to Camp David. The woods there stink. Who wants to camp there anyway? It sucks. I'm staying in Trump Tower. It's like the guy criticizes anything that's bad. It's it's like, I, I don't understand how you could fucking sustain that. Do you, th- do you think about this? The fight that these, this guy's got to fight for the next four years like a motherfucker. He's got to fight. This guy has to, this guy has to take, I mean, this guy's got to deal with countries and other leaders and he's got to deal with the media and all kinds of stuff and newspapers and press conferences and tough, tough questions and all that stuff. And you're choosing to battle somebody's ex- acceptance speech at the Golden Globes, man. It's, it's too much to take. You can't, I don't care how strong somebody is. It's too much to take. And he already is looking like bloated and frustrated. Like, he's looking like he's in his second year of his first term already. Like, he can't, you know? Go to a couple steam rooms, Donald. Go to a steam room. Go for a fucking jog, you know? Have your wife give you a fucking handy every night. You know? That's it. <laughs> I just I just don't... I don't get it, man. I just wish it was... I just wish it was different. I really do. I wish it was different. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? What can you do? Um... 
You can watch porn, everybody. Maybe I was wrong. Maybe that's what Donald Trump should do. Somebody should say, hey, Donald, stop fucking watching the Golden Globes and just go rub one out. Every time somebody says something bad about Donald Trump, he should just immediately just, somebody should just throw a computer in front of his face with porn. And he'll just, oh, this is terrific. I don't need to worry. (laughs) Everything is terrific. Oh, God. Uh, I hope it goes well for him. I really do. I really do. Because there's there's nothing worse than um, there's there's nothing worse than people that are rooting against uh, their country for the sake of being right, you know. Like uh, people that didn't like Obama, and they were like, "I hope he fails." I never understood that. It's like we're all living in the same we're all living in the same country here. Like, why would you want that? To, that doesn't make any sense. And the same thing for you know these liberals who hate Trump. It's like, why would you root for the guy to fail? Why, why wouldn't you root for prosperity? Why wouldn't you root for the economy to be good and all that stuff? Um, yeah, the more I think about it, I guess I'm wrong about porn. I think I've corrected myself and changed, ch- changed my outlook on it already. What if that was the answer? You know, in Europe, don't they have like, I think in Europe they take lunch off to like go home and fuck or something, don't they? In Europe, they like go home for lunch, they relax, probably rub one out, less crime out there, everybody's back from lunch in a good mood, nice and relaxed. Maybe that's what we need. A mandatory, uh... all right, I'm going to say something that gets me in trouble. All right, let's 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 move on here, everybody. Uh, the inauguration is tomorrow. Let's hope it goes well. Hope uh, Secret Service doesn't have to, you know, go nuts. I hope there's no, you know, protests that get ugly. I hope there's no racial stuff that gets ugly. I hope nobody gets hurt. I just hope it goes nice. And uh, we could move on from this and stop the ugliness on Facebook. Because I got to tell you, man, Facebook is just, it is brutal. Do this. Do this for me, okay? I want the Verzi Effect listeners to do this for me. And you tell me if I'm wrong, but I think I'm right. Go to Facebook and try to get a gauge of the percentage of people that you see posting stuff. And I would be shocked if it was more positive. I think it's 70% negative, 30% positive. I really think that. And then do this. Then look at the people that are posting the negative stuff and see how they're doing in their life. And then you'll get a lot of answers that way. You'll be like, oh, okay, I get it. You know, hate breeds hate. Negativity, people gravitate. Other negative people gravitate towards it. You know, but watch it because it's really kind of an ugly thing. And um, I think it would be nice if, if more nice things were posted out there. That's not hard to ask. Um, see, now I know why people are like, hey, really wanted to uh, meet you. And then they put a picture of somebody getting blown on the thing. Maybe, maybe it's a nice gesture. Like, hey, forget all this negativity. Look at this chick fucking. All right. Um, I guess what I'm saying is be nice, laugh, post nice stuff and, uh, rub one out. Um, but yeah, Facebook is, I'll be honest with you. If I was not in entertainment, I probably would not have a Facebook page. As a matter of fact, I would not have a, I would not be in social media at all. If I was not, uh, in the business that I'm in, I don't think I would because I would just watch it. Like if I was like a fucking plumber, I would have no reason to, you know, if I was just a carpenter or like, you know, a construction guy, I don't think I would go home and have to look at Facebook and I, I just wouldn't do it. I'm, I'm, I'm in it because of, you know, marketing. I mean, Facebook is the number one advertising agent in, in the world and that's the truth. Um, 
that guy Gary V. Check out Gary V's motivational speaking and all that stuff. The guy is incredible. And he was on uh, Z100 talking, and it's the number one place to advertise anything right now in the world is Facebook. So, you know, as a performer, we have to be on it. But seeing the negative stuff and the horrible stuff and, you know, people beating animals and, and, and uh, you know, bullying and people getting punched and, you know, all this awful stuff, people showing pictures of people getting hit by a car, people showing dead bodies, people showing all these awful, horrible things. You know, I was talking earlier about, you know, a piece of your innocence goes away. Same thing. You know, I don't care if you're 50 years old. You're 50 years old and you watch somebody get hit by a car and die and you see their parents and everybody weeping, crying. It's fucking brutal, man. It's absolutely brutal. So I try, I'm trying to stay away from it, to be honest. I really am because I feel that, um, you know, just jerk off. <laughs> Everything is jerking off. <laughs> oh, I'm in a silly mood, everybody. You know what it is? I had, a, I had a really good, strong coffee. And then I came home and I took my dog out. And then my dog started puking everywhere. And my dog Lloyd is sick. And um, it wasn't good. I started to, you know, do some stuff, do some work. And all of a sudden, Lloyd's being quiet. And, you know, anybody that has kids or a dog knows, especially young dog or young children, when shit gets quiet, that means they're either occupied doing something good, you know, and constructive, and they're they're all doing shit, or they're getting into bad shit. And um, Lloyd was just, he was just doing nothing. And I'm going, this isn't like him. I hope he's not eating a couch. I hope he's not, like, what's going on? And then I just noticed that there were just little piles of fucking, you know, all over the house. Not all over the house, but in, like, four spots. And then I looked at him, and he was laying on the couch with his head down. And I'm going, shit, he's sick. So um, that's what I've been dealing with. But luckily, the coffee's got me going. And, uh, you know, it also has put me in a silly mood. Uh, Otherwise, I probably wouldn't have been, uh, you know, Talking about the shit that I'm talking about today. But who knows, everybody? Adversity effect can go anywhere, can it? I mean, shit, I've been doing this 290 times. <clears throat> All right, let's get into uh, unacceptables. I'll do my unacceptable. Then I'll do a few of you guys' unacceptable. We're almost 40 minutes in. I want to talk about a movie. I want to talk about sports. I'm going to do some sports predictions. So we will do the unacceptables quickly. Uh, should I do mine? You know what? I'll do, yeah, I'll do your guys first, and then I'll do mine. Switch it up a little bit. So here we go. Here we go. This is from Ryan Gennaro. And he says, It's Verzi, bitch. Hey, Paul. Heard you mention last week how some people mispronounce your last name. It's been hilarious seeing you on the NFL Network, but that dude who hosts the show uh, better stop calling you Verzi. It's unacceptable to have a top comedian on as a guest and get their name wrong more than once. No big deal, obviously, but you should probably bitch slap the guy across the face with your number four Billboard album and tell him to get it right if he fucks up again. Uh, Tell him to get it right if he fucks up again. Got you. Obviously, I'm joking here, and you killed that show. I'm not even a football fan, but watching you rant on video for a change is great. Thanks, Ryan. Well, thank you, Ryan. And I think, you know, to be honest with you, because Peter, and you're talking about Peter Schrager, who's an amazing guy. Love Peter. Uh, Peter is actually on the field for Fox during the games uh, right now. So uh, he's doing amazing job uh, on the sidelines for Fox. And I'm always busting his chops when I see him going, dude, you're wearing these beautiful jackets. He's just crushing it on the sidelines. He's a super nice guy. And uh, he's the host 
or one of the four hosts of uh, Good Morning Football and NFL. And I appreciate that. I'm glad you watch it. So many people are loving this segment. And um, I'm getting so many people are like, yeah, I don't even like football. And I love that they, they, because that's a nice thing, man. Like this podcast, people, producers of the show listen to it like the Unacceptable segment and said, hey, would you mind coming on the show and doing it NFL style? And I was like, absolutely, I will. So <clears throat> I said one time, I go, yeah, you know, he's pronouncing my name Virzi. And it's Verzi, and he's actually pronouncing it, I guess, how they would say it in Sicily, because I'm Sicilian. Uh, I'm Sicilian and Greek. People don't know that because they just think I'm Italian because of my name and everything. But no, my mother's 100% Greek. But I guess it's pronounced Verzi in um, in Sicily. But here in America, and everybody knows me as, and, and, and the way it is pronounced is Verzi. So they've even told him that, and they were like, yeah, yeah, he'll get it right, he'll get it right. And he was like, and I got, you know, and we're sitting here with Paul Verzi. And uh, I'm at that point, I'm just like, that's how he pronounces it. Like, I don't know what part, where he's from, Philly, Jersey, or whatever. That's how he pronounces it. I don't, I don't fucking care. Um, but whatever, you know, because it's one of those things where after you correct somebody and they still say it that way, you're like, all right, I don't care. Fuck it, whatever. Um, but thank you, Ryan. Thank you for, uh, thank you for watching the show and liking it, and of course listening. And I think uh, you know your name is familiar here. I know you've been listening to the Verzi Effect. So uh, shout out to Ryan Gennaro, Verzi Effect podcast listener, man. Um, love you guys, dude. You guys are the best. You guys are the best. And um, I can't tell you how much it means when I'm going out to the city and you guys come up to me and you're like, man, I listened to listen for two years, every episode, two years. Uh, and I'm just like, wow. You know, these people are listening to me talk about sniffing white out and, you know, porn and strip clubs and all kinds of shit, my dog puking all over the house and, and all the shit that I'm talking about. And I'm just, it's kind of overwhelming. So uh, again, thank you, Ryan Gennaro. Here we go. This one. All right. This one is from Matt Lim. Matt A. Let's see. Uh, office ass assin. Oh boy. Here we go. Hey, Paul. I've been working in the same office for nine years. We have one men's room on our floor that I share uh, that I share without about, okay, uh, 40 other men. Oh, boy. Uh, for the first seven years, I'd say it's been pretty normal office restroom experience. Sometimes it smells like air freshener. Sometimes it smells like shit. No big deal. <laughs> no big deal. <laughs> oh, my God. I, I don't know why it's funny to me that, that, you know, I don't just every fuck common things make me laugh. I just don't know why common things make me laugh. I'm going to tell you guys one of the funniest stories that happened with me. Remind me, remind me, even though you can't because it's physically impossible because I'm here alone. I'm just saying that. So I remind myself, but I will remind myself to tell you a story about Giannis Pappas and I, I it was the top five laughs I've ever had ever in my life. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, just, I don't know. I don't know why that sentence was funny. Sometimes it smells like an air freshener. Sometimes it smells like shit. No big deal. Uh, yeah, it probably should since 40 guys are, uh, you know, using the same bathroom. Several coworkers and I noticed a significant change in our men's room over the past two years. Around the same time of day, between 2 and 3, someone in our office goes in and releases chemical warfare. Paul, when I say it smells, I'm not talking about normal shit. We we all know... (laughs) We all know what shit smells like. This person, who I assume is a member of a terrorist organization, 
unleashes a stink similar to uh, goat ass, onions, and spicy B.O., and hot roadkill. Well, I don't know what a couple of those smell like. I mean, I can give you spicy... Uh, no, I, I could give you spicy barbecue, but I, and I don't even know what goat ass smells like. And I can give you onions, but I can't give you the rest. Um, I don't know what <clears throat> this son of a bitch eats, but I'm guessing one of his daily meals is literally shit. Unlike regular human shit, this smell lingers powerfully well over an hour. <clears throat> okay, my coworkers and I have narrowed it down to about six guys. Once we identify the culprit, we're going to pitch in to buy him a colonoscopy. Something has died in this man's ass, and it's slowly killing the rest of us. Lock him in a cage, <laughs> bring in Coach Mike, and train <laughs> to train him not to eat his own shit. Keep up the good work. <clears throat> uh, let's see here. P.S. I saw you on Comedy Knockout and thought you were hilarious. Uh, you got shafted by the order of applause. Uh, if you watch that show, you'll notice the first person never gets as much applause as the second or third. They need more specific voting method. The applause meter is horseshit. Yeah, um, I first of all, thank you for the submission. Absolutely fucking hilarious. The fact that you and your other co-workers have narrowed down somebody going to the bathroom. You guys are like shit detectives. And you guys are narrowing it down to a time. Like, I, I just picture you guys going into, like, the chief's office. And the chief's like, do you find him? And you're like, listen, boss, you got to give us an extra 48 hours on this. Okay, it's down to six guys. And he's like, I got the mayor up my ass. Okay, we need to know who is stinking up this floor. You idiots have had days. And you only narrowed it down to six. It could take another month. And you're going, no, no, no. I'm telling you, 48 hours, chief. But I love how you guys have narrowed it down to the hour and narrowed it down to six guys. Um, I'd love to find out, uh, let's find out the culprit here. Uh, but thank you so much, uh, Matt. I appreciate it. I don't know where you're calling from and you, I don't know if you're a new, new, uh, submitter to the show, but, uh, thank you so much. Absolutely hilarious. As far as comedy knockout, somebody's, I don't even care about, like, I know people are like, oh, you know, it's at a game show. And I'm like, yeah, it's a game show, but it's not like a real, like they give you a trophy. Like you don't win money. Like it's just stupid, whatever. But somebody said, that even before the voting or before the applause, the scores were already up and they actually took a shot of that where I had 25 points and then the next person in second place had 35 and they didn't even go to the applause yet. Uh, so who knows? Maybe it's my first time. I don't know how it works. Either way, I had a lot of fun. I knew though, that's a very kind of, um, I'm going to say, I'm going to say definitely more of a, a uh, hipster type of crowd or, you know, very, very, uh, a little more sensitive, more liberal crowd. And I was definitely, I feel like the one that was a little, uh, you know, I, I guess I played the villain in that, but I had a lot of fun doing it. And I'm going to have actually have highlights of the moments of my moments on the show, um, on the website soon. There's one, there's a couple on there now. So anyway, uh, thank you for, uh, for writing that in. Let's see where we are time-wise. Cause that was a longer one. All right. 46 minutes. Let me see here. Um, I'm going to try to get some quicker ones. Uh, thank you. Guys. Listen, if you guys want to write into the show, write into unacceptables for TVE at gmail.com. That is unacceptables for TVE at gmail.com. As you guys know, I try to get everybody in. Sometimes I can't. Uh, let's see some quicker ones here. Uh, 
that are I'll go to Twitter and oh man, I gotta talk to, about the about the oh I gotta tell you guys a story about Giannis too. Um, okay, before I get and then I'll, I'll get to the Twitter ones. So I'm sitting at the um, Giannis and I go into. Uh, I don't think I told this story before. If I did, I apologize, but I, I don't. I'm I'm pretty sure that I didn't. Giannis and I go into a um, cigar lounge after a show. We had both did uh, some spots down in the city. I met him up. We go to this uh, cigar lounge. Amazing to smoke cigars indoors. Smoking cigars indoors in New York City in the winter because they're grandfathered in before all the tobacco laws. So you could go in and sit on a nice leather couch or leather chair and they got the games on and it's really kind of nice and upscale. Amazing humidor with great cigars. It, there's like, it's pretty much second to none. And I'm sitting there with Giannis, and he's talking to me, and he's like, yeah, you know, and, you know, you get to a certain age, you got to get colonoscopies. Giannis is a, a few years older than me or whatever, but, and I'm like, yeah, but I was like, don't you have to get a colonoscopy when you're like 50? And he's like, no, no, it's earlier now, you know, and he was just talking about it. And he's like, you know, people go in their 40s, and, you know, they get a polyp that could turn cancerous, and it's really good. And he's like really serious about it. And out of nowhere, oh, my God, I haven't laughed this hard. Out of nowhere. He's just talking so serious about colonoscopies and making sure you don't have polyps in there that could be cancerous. And he just goes and he points at me with two fingers and seriously goes, by the way, have you had your asshole checked? And I just looked at him and I go, dude, this, <laughs> the genuine seriousness <laughs> of how you just asked that question and we were fucking cr- He asked that question with such sincerity and seriousness and he wasn't kidding and the way that the, the way that the sentence was phrased and he pointed at me with two fingers and like leaned in with no joke no smile dead serious have you ever have you had your asshole checked out by the way and dude i just looked at him and i said dude the sincerity and seriousness in which you just asked that question and we were crying dude he took his glasses off he's crying and banging the table and the laughs got contagious. And I'm going, dude, the way you just asked that so seriously. And he's going, aha, aha. I am punching. My my uh, old buddy of mine said, when you laugh that hard, your kidneys lock up. It was like the organs were pressing against my rib cage to the point where I was going, please stop. Please stop. I'm crying. I am crying. And I know you got, it'll never get the essence, obviously, of what happened. But I'm just telling you the laugh that we have. I could remember like five laughs in my life. <clears throat> There's a couple that come to mind right now. I was in a comedy condo in San Antonio, Texas with this dude, uh, Paul Bond, an uh, old friend of mine from uh, Long Island. And we were crying, laughing where I fell on the floor. We fell to our knees. It hurt and we were crying. This happened in a booth, me and Giannis. Just, uh, have you had your asshole checked out? He asked it as if, he asked it as if a CEO was asking one of their employees that they didn't like and were waiting to fire if the report was if the report was on their desk yet. Like, have you had your asshole checked out, by the way? And I lost my fucking mind. It was the greatest thing ever. And you need those laughs because I, those laughs are good for you. They're good for your life. They're good for your soul. Um, so next time you're talking to somebody, try to keep a straight face. He wasn't even joke. That's the funniest thing. He wasn't even trying to joke. He wasn't like, that's what made it so funny to me. Like he wasn't like, Hey man, you got to get your asshole checked. Like he didn't do it like that. He said it like a concerned, 
it, it was the greatest thing ever. So next time you're talking to somebody, just point at them with two fingers, lean in and go, by the way, have you had your asshole checked? And, and try not to die laughing. Um, here we go. This is from Del Fugo at Sierra Del Fugo, F-U-E-G-O. Paul Verzi, fuck Green Bay and their shitty fans, hashtag unacceptable. And it's a picture of a Kia Sorento with the Green Bay Packers uh, sticker on the back. And they are parked all the way over the line, almost touching the car next to them. I hear you, buddy. And you know what? The passenger's going to have to get in through the driver's side. Uh, that is definitely annoying and definitely unacceptable. Thank you for uh, the submission. I like ever since we've done the emails, people have stopped tweeting the unacceptables as much. I mean, I still get a handful of them, but come on. Uh, you know, tweet them. They're, they're quick. They're easy. And I could read, I could read mo- most all of them. Um, let's see. <laughs> have you had your apple checked? <laughs> oh, God. Here we go. This is from Pablo XY at Pablo, and then what is that, like abbreviation for shirt? S-K-R-T. At Pablo S-K-R-T. It's a crazy world working in retail for somebody who has brought up, uh, was brought up with basic manners and some public decency. Uh, did you send me, like, what that means? Because I'm trying to look for it. Because I know that that's the one after the original. So uh, I'm sorry. If I find it, I'll find it. But I'm imagining that somebody was acting like an asshole in retail. Um, This one is from Anthony Silver. At Anthony W. Silver. Saying long time, first time when you call a radio station. We get it, guy. You listen but never call. (laughs) Hashtag unacceptable. I've heard that for so, so long that it never even phased me. But I totally get why that's annoying. But you guys know what my biggest pet peeve is when it comes to radio. Is the joke, is the joke the DJ does right before the song. Or like when he's getting off with a caller. It's my ultimate thing I hate the most. It's like I hate the most like, yeah, you want tickets. Who are you going to take? Oh, your mom. Yeah, well, this way you don't have a curfew, right? Because she's with you. Then sometimes you got to make sure mom doesn't get in most trouble, right? <laughs> Here's Taylor Swift. It's, that's the, that is the worst shit for me ever. Um... Here we go. What's next? What's next here? Um, so, no, I guess, is that it? I, oh, shit, there was a couple that I missed. All right, I'm sorry. What? Where are we time-wise, guys? I am, I'm behind. On, oh, wow, we're almost five minutes away from an hour. I got more stuff to talk about. Okay, well, listen, guys, I uh, kept it a little short. A lot of, listen, same time, I mean, uh, same people all the time. I want to give other people a chance, so please, uh, if you are a first-time writer and you're worried I'm not going to get to you, I will. If you haven't wrote, you know, wrote into the show before, send it. I would love to uh, to shout you out. Please send your unacceptables. Anybody, even if you're a friend of mine, <clears throat> I had family members send them. I had comedians, Bill Burris, send them in, and all kinds of people have sent in um, sent in unacceptables. Uh, so send them in to unacceptables for TVE, and we will uh, we will uh, rant about it, talk about it, and try calling these people out. Um, you know, this guy has been under investigation, uh, for, for shitting that smells so bad in his bathroom that his, uh, you know, 34 other employees have narrowed it down to six guys. That's how big the investigation is getting over there with, uh, Maddie. Uh, all right. So let's talk sports right now. Uh, congratulations to the, uh, Packers with a devastating loss 
to the Cowboys with the last second field goal. And I'm not going to lie. I fucking called it, everybody. I did. My son even said, Dad, you called it. I said to a guy when I went to a butcher shop, by the way, if you get steaks, you got to go to a butcher shop. I did that shit. We had people over Sunday. I had family over, my mother, my brother, my stepfather. I went to a butcher shop. I spent a shitload of money on fresh cut steaks, and it was worth everything. Shout out to my friend Alexis Guerrero, who not only told me how to cook a steak properly, he actually, as a nice gesture and a holiday, sent me and my wife a cast iron pan, which we use all the time for steaks. It is a game changer, and um, we got these fresh steaks, and it was incredible. So we had people over and watching the game, and I saw a guy in some uh, Green Bay apparel, and I said, man, good luck today. And he goes, oh, man, we're gonna, we might need it. And I said, I actually think you guys could win at, at the end, man. I think you guys could pull it off at the end with a field goal. I was saying it. I had a feeling Rodgers would go down. I did not think he was going to go down the way that it happened. I didn't think he was going to throw that brilliant pass at the end. I'm like, why are they not running out the clock and going to overtime? This is dangerous. You can give the Cowboys the ball in field goal range. No, not Aaron Rodgers, man. He uh, That was an amazing, amazing thing he did. Um, then the uh, Steelers beating the Chiefs at home. Heartbreaker for the Chiefs, but you know Andy Reid, man. As much as I like him as a coach, and I think he does a really good job. He does a great job in the regular season. Not so great in the um, in the playoffs. Um, but now we are down to the um, oh yeah, and Seattle lost. Seattle lost to the Falcons, who looked uh, fantastic. And um, of course, the uh, Patriots beat the uh, Houston Texans. So. We are now down to the Pittsburgh Steelers at the New England Patriots and Green Bay Packers having to go into ATL and beat the Falcons. Um, I don't know, man. I'm going to pick the Packers again. I just think that this is a magical run. I think the whole running the table thing, they're going to play back for years and years. I, uh, you know, I'm not saying that I want them to. I don't really care about either of these teams, and I don't really hate either of these teams. The Falcons and Packers are two teams that I've never, as a Giants fan, I've never, we don't play them much, um, don't hate them, and when you've had success against teams, you don't tend to hate them. You know, we've had some success against the, the Packers, obviously not this year, but in the past, I don't hate them. I don't even hate the Patriots. You know, it's mainly the division rivals you hate, but I just think Aaron Rodgers is on this magical, uh, he's on a magical carpet ride through these playoffs, man. I really believe that and the way he's playing, and I think he's lifting the spirit of his team. But, you know, Matty Ice over there in Atlanta, their offense looks amazing too. That should be a great NFC Championship game. Um, I'm going to pick, I'm going to pick, um, I'm going to pick the Packers. I think the Packers are going to win a, a nail-biter. Like, again, I think it's going to go down towards a, like a last a last drive. But I, I feel like, I feel like, I don't know what that spread's going to be. Aaron Rodgers is just playing on another planet right now. He really is. He's playing on another planet right now, and that's where your money's got to go because he's went up against good defenses, and he still manages to run around the pocket and throw the ball. Um, he's playing like an absolute animal, so I'm going to say the uh, Green Bay Packers pull it out. Um, great season for, um, you know, Matt Ryan and Atlanta, but I, I don't know. And whoever wins, I would be happy to see go on to the Super Bowl. I'm just picking Green Bay because of the, the streak. Uh, AFC, this is one that I said, this is one of the hardest picks because I think if anybody could take out, I think if anybody could take out the Patriots, I think it's the Steelers. 
Um, they got the running game. They got the passing game. Their defense is really good. I've watched them against the Giants. They're a well-rounded team. The thing is, Tom Brady gets rid of the ball so quickly. Uh, and that team does not have stupid penalties and does not make big mistakes. And they are at home. Such a, such a tough call. Um, I'm going to say that it's a really tight, good game. But in the end, the Patriots pull it off with a six or seven point win to go back to the Super Bowl. Tom Brady's seventh. And, um, I think you're going to see Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady, uh, maybe arguably the greatest quarterback of all time now versus a guy who maybe will surpass that and be the greatest quarterback of all time. Uh, you're talking about two all-time greats, but as far as winning, I don't think anybody's going to pass uh, Tommy T because you know how I feel about Tom. Terrific. So, um, you're the greatest, Tommy. <laughs> That's the Saturday Night Fever. You're, the, you're a god out there, Tony. I think Tom Terrific is is I mean look he's gonna he's the only man on the planet to ever go to six. Now I think he's gonna be the only man on the planet to ever go to seven, and have a chance to win uh, and be the only man on the planet to have five. That's what he that's what he's actually has two games away from doing, and Rodgers is coming in hot. So that's what I'm taking. I'm taking the Green Bay Packers and I am taking the New England Patriots and I do not mind being wrong about both. I think both come down to the end. Uh, you know, you always say that, and then you see the Patriots up like 28 to 10, and you're like, how the fuck do they keep doing this? But I, I think the Steelers are hang with them. So those are my NFC and AFC title game picks. Um, yeah, those are the picks. Okay, uh, Carmelo Anthony is saying that he does not want to waive his no-trade clause and that he wants to stay in New York, but something's got to give everybody because Phil Jackson cannot stand Carmelo Anthony. That is what's going on in New York. I'm reading the papers. They were supposed to have a sit-down. They didn't sit down. They didn't eat together, which tells you that's it. Phil Jackson is a no-nonsense guy. I heard when Phil Jackson sat down with uh, Raymond Felton, he just goes, yeah, I don't like, you know, this is not going to work, and I don't think you're right for the team, and, and you know, you're not going to be playing here. And he just went right at him when he came into town and told him that. I think Phil Jackson has a plan. I think he's a no-nonsense guy. And I think he thinks Carmelo stagnates his offense, which I can't 100% argue with. Yet Carmelo is a star and a name, and he wants to stay here. It's a shitty situation. I think the fact that the president of the team and the star of the team not being on the same page kind of explains why we are 19 and 24. Um, I also looked up how many times the Knicks lost by one point. There's a handful of games that they lost by one point, which would make them 500 uh, right now. Uh, But that happens. That happens, but it just goes to tell me that they're not a good enough team to close and finish, especially with the talent they have. Phil Jackson does not like Carmelo Anthony. We will see what will happen. I think now the way it looks is Melo will stay and Phil Jackson will go, or Phil will go before Melo. Um, unless unless Carmelo goes to like the Cavs, but everything, all indications say that he's going to stay in New York. So... The other day, me, my family, we uh, were going shopping, and I said, "Hey, why don't we stop into Buffalo Wild Wings? We'll get, we'll get some uh, some food. We'll get the kids some chicken. We will uh, then go shopping. You know, Lord knows my wife wants to go to the Christmas t- tree shop for fucking ever. So, uh, my wife goes into the Christmas tree shop and she disappears into the abyss. It's just she goes and she, it's like system overload for her." 
and she just goes and walks around and she loves it. So me and my son are walking around there. But anyway, I digress. So we go into Buffalo Wild Wings. We watch the Knicks. We're into it. We're into it. We're into it. They're playing the Hawks and the Hawks win by one at the end. Heartbreaker. And my son was like, oh man. And my wife is like, just get used to it. That's the Knicks. Uh, it sucks that my seven-year-old son is seeing that. I wanted him to see some good memories of the Knicks, and it looks like he's going to have to go through some pain before they could win. But um, now that football's almost over, what else can I do? I got to root for my Knickerbockers and hope they could sneak into the playoffs and at least make it entertaining. I got this red fucking cat outside my house, right? He's the neighbor's cat, and he's like the arch nemesis of my other two cats. But now my other two cats tolerate him and it's almost like they went from, you know, foes to to friends. And now Lloyd and this red cat have a thing. So the other day I go out walking Lloyd and I leave the door open for my cats to run in. But I see one of my cats go in. I see another cat run out. But then I go in and there's two cats in my house. And sure enough, the red cat is standing up by the balcony up the stairs. And my fucking dog was just like pulling on the chain and I'm going, oh, shit. So I'm, I'm telling the cat, I'm like, go, man. The fucking door's open. Get out of here. And I'm talking to this little red cat, my neighbor's cat, like it's like a like a, like an intruder that I'm giving a chance to leave. I'm like, go. There it is. There's your shot. I'm holding the fucking dog. Go. And the thing's looking, looking, and it finally runs out, and I slam the door, and Lloyd's going fucking berserk. Uh, oh, another thing. We got another, a neighbor issue. I got another, I got a neighbor issue that I think is going to come into play here. So check this out. So Sunday night, apparently one of my neighbors, and I'm not complaining because, you know, after my 4th of July and the 4th of July I'm about to have, I'm not going to complain, right? So, um, the, uh, <laughs> the fire, I have a neighbor up my street who any day of the week can just shoot fireworks. It's not, it's not 4th of July. It's not, it could be anything. Spring, summer, winter, fall. Everything. You fucking name it. I was walking my dog on like a Tuesday at 8 o'clock at night. Boom, boom. These guys got martyrs going up there. He starts shooting off these fireworks. My dog goes fucking nuts. He's running around, and rightfully so. Now, I don't complain. I'm not, I just grew up that way. I'm not going to complain. If somebody's going to shoot off fireworks for 5, 10 minutes, I'm going to let them shoot off fireworks for 5, 10 minutes. It's their house. It's their property. I'm not one to complain. I'm just not. So... We have company over. My mother, my stepfather, my older brother. I, it was a Sunday. It was a Sunday. The football games were on. And I said, look, why don't you come over for some steaks? I'm going to go to the butcher shop. I'm going to get these nice cuts of meat. We're going to have a good time. So we're having a great time. Everybody's having a great time. We're pouring drinks. I'm upstairs with my mother. I'm cooking. Uh, you know, Stacy's downstairs making a fire. I'm cooking these steaks. My ha- We have uh, onions and mushrooms going. And we have all kinds of shit. And we're doing this baked potato recipe where you slice the top of the baked potato and you put cheese and it's like potato chips. This whole thing. My house smells like an amazing steakhouse. Right? Everything is going great. Sure enough, it gets dark. We're getting ready for the second half of the football game. We're, we're getting ready. The dinner's getting set. We're pouring wine. Good time. I'm upstairs, and now I have, you know, when you learn how to cook a steak, it's very time sensitive. You got the pan. You also have the oven, and it's, it's you know, a handful, a couple of minutes on each thing. So you got to be up there waiting. So all of a sudden, fireworks start going off, and my dog is running around the house, and he's barking. And we're kind of like, man, it is a little annoying that this guy does it like almost two, three days a week on any given week year-round. I'm not even kidding. Like, my neighbor up the street lights fireworks as if every fucking, every day is, is, uh, 
is 4th of July. So I'm like, fuck, man, when is this going to stop? Lloyd's freaking the fuck out right now. He's just running, he's barking, he's going to windows, he's going to doors, he's looking for it. And uh, I guess it starts to slowly die down, and we get a knock on the door. So I'm going, maybe it's one of my cool neighbors who's just coming to say hi. Maybe it's one of my cool neighbors who, you know, sees cars and wants to, and I love my cool neighbors. My cool neighbors are, are welcome in my fucking house. You know what I mean? And, and my cool neighbors know who they are, and, and, and I'm totally cool with... You know, basically all my cool neighbors are the neighbors that um, pretty much, yeah, pretty much have, have kids, have kids in the neighborhood or whatever. So my wife answered the door and she leans in and she's hold, she's got to like kind of hold the door to her side so Lloyd doesn't run out. And her and my stepfather kind of walk up the stairs and I just hear my wife talking. Now I, I don't hear, a, oh, hi, come in. Right away I know that there's somebody at my door that we don't know or obviously that we don't want in my fucking house. It's somebody we don't know. So all of a sudden they're talking and I hear my wife go, yeah, I know our dog is freaking out. And then the door opens and it's this woman. And I guess she lives the other way down my street, like not up the hill, down the hill. And she just moved in or she started dating this guy or she got engaged to this guy down, down the hill. Um, and you know, what's really funny about this. My one neighbor, (laughs) My one neighbor is going to know about this. Uh, one of my neighbors is so, she's so fucking funny. She knows everything. She knows everything. And uh, she's super, super cool. And she knows everything. But she'll literally like, no. You know the way there's a one neighbor? My grandmother was like that. Knows everything. Like, they, like no, they, there's always the neighbor that knows everything. They'll be like, oh yeah, like three, three houses up to the left. Yeah, their basement floods. Their basement floods and their social security number is like, yeah. So, and, and it's so cool. Like there's always, you have that info person. So I'm sure she'll know about this. <laughs> so this other, this lady knocks and she's like, yeah, I know. And I'm just looking at her. And you know, when you look at somebody and you're like, oh, this is a fucking problem. Like this is going to be a problem. She's going, yeah, my dog is having a stroke and my dog Lloyd starts like kind of jumping up on her, but in a playful way. And I go, Lloyd, get down, get down. And I'm in the kitchen trying to cook. And she goes, no, it's okay. The dog's okay. So I'm like, yeah, and she's like, yeah, you know, I didn't know if it was you. She was coming to my house to see if it was us shooting the fireworks because her dog was going nuts too. And we were like, no. And she's like, yeah, you know, fireworks is bad for my dog and this and that. And since it's not you, um, you know, would you want to come up and walk up there with me? And listen, the Verzies, we're not rats. When I'm not fucking going up. I'm not knocking on a door. I'm not calling the cops on you. All right, the only way I'm doing that shit is if you're doing something to me and my family that, you know, other than that, if you're minding your business doing something that's loud, even if you have a late night party, like, you know, but listen, she wasn't calling the cops. She just wanted to go and talk. But my wife and I, we're not, I'm not into that shit. So my wife's going, no, we're actually about to sit down for a dinner. And she's like, oh, okay. And then Lloyd jumps on her again. And I go, Lloyd, stop, you know, don't jump. And she goes, I'm okay with the dog. Trust me. I, I know with the training I could do it. And she's almost like, fuck. And I want to be like, bitch, you're in my fucking house and I'm training my fucking dog. I'm telling my dog something. All right. You don't, don't come in here. And she came in here and it reminded me of, this is what it reminded me of. And maybe I'm a little fucking nuts, but it reminded me of when me and my wife were looking for a place to, to get married. We went into this church and I didn't like it. And of course, my wife and mother-in-law thought it was cute. And I didn't fucking like it. The same way I didn't like the first house my wife liked. I'm not saying my wife has bad taste, but I like to look. I don't like to jump the gun. I like to fuck. I'm picky because then when I finally get it, then it's what I wanted. Okay. And I remember we went there and it was like this very kind of tough, 
very like I remember she had like really short hair and glasses and you could tell she was um, really into herself and she's like yeah and we like to do this and we have people come uh, come to the church on Sunday and then we're like all right yeah we're gonna talk about it and let you know and she goes well before you leave can I have you look at the artifacts I brought back from Africa and like she wanted to show us that she was some fucking great person going to Africa and all this interesting shit that she's into and I just wanted to be like listen I don't fucking care that you're some martyr that you go over there. I don't, you know what? If you really, you know, like, can I show you these things? It's like, if I see the shit on a table, okay, bitch? I see that you have these fucking African things, artifacts on a table. If I really gave a fuck, I would go up and say, oh man, these are nice. What are these? I didn't do that. Did I? No. Did my wife do that? No, we didn't do that. We went in to talk about getting married and if you could do that and you made it about yourself. This woman comes into my fucking house and she's like, I could take care of the dog. Trust me, if you're training him, I could. And it's like, listen, no. No, 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 I'm talking to my dog. Don't stand in my foyer. Don't stand in my thing and tell me what the fuck you're going to do. Okay. I'm trying to cook a steak dinner and you're trying to wrap people out and go up there. Get the fuck out of my house. You know, that's what I wanted to say. So my wife is going like, no, I'm sorry. We're cooking. And finally the lady leaves. Let's me know a couple of things. One, this lady's going to call the cops this, this 4th of July. My stepfather kind of gave her a little clue, like, just so you know, we shoot fireworks here on the 4th of July, and she said something about fireworks, like, scaring her animals. I don't know. That's not my problem. But anyway, we got another fucking problem. We got another cop caller. All right, so we're going to do this shit quicker this year, more efficient. I learned from my mistakes, but at least she's, like, really far down and not near my house, so I guess the fireworks are so loud. So that's a quick, uh, a quick story. Um you know, about that. Uh, okay. So that's, uh, that's, but we had a great time. We, we cooked the steaks and the steak dinner was amazing. Um, movies guys, I saw uh, kid poker or 90% of kid poker on, um, on Netflix. And what it's about is it, it's about one of the uh, best poker players in the world, that Daniel Negre... I, I don't want to screw up his name. It's just called Kid Poker, about that Daniel dude. You guys know him. He's won like six bracelets. And um, I didn't realize, and, and I'm not going to give anything away, but what what it showed was the support he had from his family young when he like dropped out of school, wasn't good at school, but he was like a math wizard. And they were like, no, he's a good card player. And his mother had his back. But... One thing that really I found interesting and struck me very interesting with the documentary was that it reminded me of like a comedian because in comedy, uh, you have to go to LA or New York and you have to run down there and you have to, you know, you have to be, you know, tried and tested and, and proven and get the material and go out there and build and grow and, and start to get the respect and start to people know who you are and you start getting bookings and all that stuff. And that's what he did. Like he just... He would, um, he was from Toronto and he came to, he went to Vegas and then he would lose all his money and come back, but then he'd gain a bankroll and go back and he did it like all these times and he would just lose and these poker players chewed him up and spit him out and he knew. And then finally he started to get better and finally he started to get the respect and he started to be able to read people. And he's known as one of these poker players who always talks at the table. Like, yeah, well, oh, he did have it, didn't he? And he talks and he talks and he talks. And the people at the table who are silent are just looking at him going, you're always talking. What he's actually doing is he's trying to get the reactions from people. Because when he gets the reactions, he can tell what type of person they are. And then that, in fact, can show him how they bet. And then he can know or have a better chance of knowing if the person is bluffing based on the uh, personality traits he's getting from how they're reacting to him talking. So he comes across as this loud mouth just talking, but it's actually a tactic 
And it's fucking brilliant, dude. And he went to the World Series Hall of uh, World Series of Poker or Poker Hall of Fame. He won six World Series of Poker uh, bracelets, millions and millions of dollars. Um, the support that he had from his family, his mother and the crowd while he was there winning millions and millions of dollars. And here's this dropout kid. So awesome and so cool. And um, really reminded me of like just why I, you know, why you do what you do when you love it and how you got to become the best and you just get obsessed with it. And um, I thought it was amazing. So. Uh, if you're sitting around and you can't find anything uh, and you're all tired of, you know, murders and unsolved murders and this and that, because there's only so much of that shit you could watch too. check out Kid Poker on Netflix. I think you will like it um, a lot. So, um, oh, I didn't even do my unacceptable. Jesus. Here's my unacceptable. I guess I'll end this show with my unacceptable. My unacceptable is dentists lying. Okay. Um, Dentists lying. Two years ago, my wife was told that she needed $18,000 worth of work on her teeth. Her mouth, her teeth needed 18 k Okay? That's a lot of money. That's a lot of work. That's a lot of dentist uh, appointments. And she came home crying and she didn't understand because she doesn't eat nearly as much candy as I do. Candy is my problem. It's weird to say that when you're in your 30s. Candy's my fucking problem. So we all go to the dentist as a family. This older Polish woman is the dentist. She's probably in her mid-50s. Super, super nice. Great with my kids. My daughter was crying the whole time because she saw my son and wife laying there. I go in. We all get a cleaning as a family. We all get x-rays as a family. And guess what, everybody? Not only does my wife not need $18,000 worth of work, she needs no work. That's right. She needs no work. All of her, all, anything that was done, any filling she has a kid are fine, intact. She has no cavities. Fine. Me, I went a couple of years ago. Guy said, yeah, your filling is in the back. is kind of loose. Uh, you need two redone, this and that. Other than that, things look good. This lady tells me, guess what? You're fine. I don't foresee, I don't see any work that you need. Keep brushing, keep flossing. You have no, you know, she's like, you have no cavities, nothing. She's like, just make sure, you know, the bottom, you know, behind the the back of the bottom of the teeth, you can build up some tartar. She's like, we cleaned all your whole, everything good. Keep, you know, just keep making sure that you don't get the buildup and you floss and blah, blah, blah. And you do that. And I remember years ago when I was a kid, dentist said, you want to stop giving us money? Floss. So I floss. My gums get stronger. Um, You know, and you know, your gums are getting better when you floss and you don't bleed. You know, some people floss and it looks like they just fucking fought Conor McGregor. That's when your mouth needs work. I didn't have that issue because I was flossing. So not only do I not need work, my wife doesn't need work and my kids don't have cavities. So these fucking people lie like mechanics lie. Absolutely unacceptable that they were going to have work done, probably redo things that are still intact, charge an arm and a leg for it, and it didn't need to be done. Find yourself an honest dentist because there are crooks out there. Absolutely bullshit. Absolutely bullshit and absolutely unacceptable. My wife was crying. People have to spend thousands of dollars. People probably get... Think about that. If you go to the dentist and they tell you you need $5,000 worth of work and you're not covered and you freak out and you want good hygiene and you want your teeth and mouth to be right, these people are probably taking extra shifts at work. These people are probably getting part-time jobs. These people are doing all kinds of stuff, you know, turning tricks and shit. Imagine that. You're giving out handies on the corner for fucking 20 bucks a whack because you need a fucking molar. 
<laughs> All right, it came. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's my unacceptable, everybody. Let's do plugs. We are almost an hour and 20 minutes in. This has been episode 290, 10 shy of 300. Hope you guys enjoyed the show. I hope you were entertained. Are you not entertained, everybody? Here are my plugs. I will be February. Oh, and something cool came in. Something cool came in, too. Um, Phoenix, Arizona. I'm coming to you in March with Mr. Bill Burr. It's been a long time. I'm headlining on my own now, and I really don't open for Bill anymore. But I will be shooting my hour special in May. And uh, Bill hit me up and said, hey, man, I'm doing a run in Phoenix. You want to come on? And I said, let's do it. So the band is getting back together in Phoenix in March, early March. I'll be with Bill Burr. I will uh, talk about those dates in the future. I will be headlining the uh, Providence Comedy Connection, Providence, Rhode Island, February 17th and 18th, Friday and Saturday, three shows. Please come out. It's a great club. I had a great time last time. The turnout was amazing. I hope all you guys come back, um, and I will be running my new hour, and I'm really excited about that. Also, I will be at the ATL Atlanta Punchline, May 18th. This is May, so this is far out, but I want to give you guys the dates now because I believe tickets are going on sale, and uh, you know, I want uh, I want everybody who came last time to come back uh, and then some. So that is uh, May 18th through 21. Go to the Punchline in Atlanta. Uh, again, I'll be with Bill Burr at those um, at those shows in Phoenix. The Comedy Connection, February 17th and 18th. I'm waiting on dates for, um, uh, well, I'm, like I said, I'm going out to the West Coast. I don't know if I'm going to be out in L.A. after Phoenix. That may be going down. I will let you guys know about that. But uh, should be going back to Cleveland um, and some other dates as well. Please check out, I'm also local. I'm in Jersey. I'm in Connecticut coming up. I will be at the Hartford Funny Bone in Connecticut on February when the fuck was that? Hold on, hold on. There's another one coming up. Is it February 26th? I think February... Is that a Sunday? Let me make sure here. I think. I th- Yes, I think February 26th, Hartford Funny Bone. Check that out. You could check out the Hartford Funny Bone. I think uh, it was either the 19th or the 26th, but now that I think about it, I think they confirmed I will be at the Hartford Funny Bone Sunday, um, the 26th. I will also be February 3rd, at uh, Mount Arlington, New Jersey, at the Courtyard Marriott at the Comedy Shop. So I'll be there. All these dates in New York City, Jersey, Connecticut, and, um, you know, road weekend dates and all that stuff you could check on paulverzi.com. paulverzi.com is updated with uh, clips, uh, TV clips, uh, stand-up clips that I just keep randomly changing up, and uh, all the dates. So you could check that out. Follow me on Twitter, at paulverzi. That's V-I-R-Z-I, pronounced Verzi. As uh, Ryan, one of the writer into the show, uh, said at the beginning of the show, that's it, everybody. This has been the Verzi Effect Podcast, episode 290. Until next week, I am out of here. Stay safe, and I will talk to you all soon.